Welcome to the Cross Current Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Over 2,000 years later, and Christ's question is still on the world's front page, who do you say that I am? The destiny of every person who's ever lived ultimately rises or falls based on confessing with their mouths and believing in their hearts the right answer to this question. In this series, we're taking you in the studio and on the street with our outreach radio team to experience firsthand some of the crazy answers people give to this question. But in the end, what's truly important is not what others say about God, but what God says about himself. That's why we also encourage you to stay tuned until the end of the show when TCC radio host and local missions pastor Corey McKenna opens God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about Himself. But now, let's get this show on the road. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. All right, well, I'm talking here with Mike. Mike, thanks for talking with us. So, Mike, what uh, what TCC Radio does is that we, we engage uh, the culture get popular opinion, insights, we're a Christian broadcast, and just ask about different things going on in the culture, and we just want to hear what people think about these things, okay? So so basically what we're doing a, a, a special on right now is we're, we're joining sort of the world in conversation uh, about this specific issue of, of Life magazine. And just for those listening, because uh, we are on radio, uh, it says, uh, it's Life magazine, says, Jesus, who do you say that I am? So... Real simple question off the top. Who do you say, Mike, that Jesus is? Um, I think he's a person that was for, like, broken people, like homeless people, prostitutes and stuff like this, and he just helped people um, that were in need. Okay. So, Mike, I uh, don't know how much you've, you've read things or watched things, documentaries. Or it seems like there's a lot on the person of Jesus. Uh, any guesses as to what others have said about Jesus? Um, I could say, like, maybe some people believe he was, like, maybe a myth or made up or he doesn't exist. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I believe he does, he did exist. So. And, and what, what would you base your insight on that he did exist? Why do you believe that? What, what's your sort of your, if someone says, Mike, what's your basis for believing Jesus existed. What would be your answer to that? Um, just like all the like evidence that was found in like uh, archaeologists' uh, digs and stuff like that. Um, basically, the evidence uh, is uh, substantial for itself. Sort of on the heels of that question as to what others have said about Jesus, ultimately, what's more important? What, what others say about you or what you say about yourself? What do you think is more important? I, I would have to say what I say about myself. It's fair, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of that, that logic follows. So here are just a few key things that Jesus said about himself. Just, just take a listen to these. He said this, um, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Pretty big claim. Yes. And then he says, I am the Christ, 
And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. That was in in, uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. He said this as well, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. One more, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what do you think Jesus meant by that? I mean, no one comes to the Father but through me. How would you understand that? Um, basically, I think through prayer and, and meditation, like um, nobody needs to suffer. And through, through Jesus, they can have everlasting life. But through pain, you can grow as well. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've heard sort of the, the kind of the backstory uh, that leads up to this controversial statement where he says, you know, no one comes to the Father but through me. Have you heard sort of, sort of the, uh, the prequel to his statement? I have not. No, I have not. Um, well, basically, I think the big question that people wonder and are asking is, why did this guy come? Okay, so we've, we've made some claims here. He's made some big claims. Yes. Why did this guy come? Um, no one comes to the Father but through me. Have you ever thought of this question about eternal things, like where would you spend eternity? Do you ever think about that? You die, then what? Um, I, I sometimes ponder the idea, but I know because I do believe in Christ myself, I know um, that I will go to heaven, and, and uh, if I have to face like um, him in the end, then I hope I've done a good job. <laughs> so that's a great, great segue. So on what basis, Mike, do you believe that you'll go to heaven? On what basis will God say, Mike, welcome in? How do you think he's going to decide that? I, I think through acts of kindness, and I believe like just treating people the way I want to be treated, um, helping them in the best way that I can uh, through love, that's the best way that I can show his grace. So you, then you would say that, that generally that good people, like we do good things, and, and if we do enough good things, then uh, God sees favor in us and we go to heaven. Is that right? Yes. Well, then how would, how would you understand this? The Bible says this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Any thought on what that means? I'm not really sure. <laughs> no, you've been very honest, very honest. So this is the backstory to the, um, to the, to the whole question of who is Jesus. Um, the Bible actually says this. It says that God has created us, all of us. He's our creator. He's our loving creator. So what that means is, is God in his love and in his infinite wisdom and, 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 and grace and, and omnipotence, he created us in his image and likeness. So you and I are moral people. I can tell by talking to you, you're a moral man. Yes, right? yes I am. So, so you're a moral guy. So why are we moral? Because we're made in God's image and God's likeness. And we're really created to worship God and enjoy God forever. That's the whole point of our existence, really. But what happens is we decide willfully to turn the other way. We, we rebel against our creator and we start to do things that are not consistent with who God is. See, the Bible talks about that we're called to imitate God, but when we, when we, the word is sin, we fail to imitate God as he commands us to. And what we do, in a nutshell, is we make him out to be a liar because when I don't imitate God, when I'm not kind, when I'm not merciful, 
what happens is I go and I, I basically make God out to be a liar because I'm really making him look bad, as it were. Does that make sense? That does make yeah. sense. So, so sin, sin is actually breaking God's law. It's transgressing God's law. I mean, if I was to ask you something as simple as just as sort of a bit of a litmus test, and I'll take this too. Um, if you look at something as simple as lying, don't bear false witness, don't lie. In your life, you ever lied before? Yes, I have. Me too. So, so, um, so what, what would that make you or I if we've lied before? What would you call someone who lies? Well, I would call them like a sinner. A sinner or a liar. Hey? Yeah, or a yeah. liar. And, and see, what, what's even worse, Mike, is that we're born sinful. The Bible says that, that we are born, David says, in sin did my mother conceive me. So we're born sinful. So not only do we, are we born that way, but we choose to do that. So really, we lie because at our very heart and core, we're lying people. You ever steal in your life? I'm not going to ask you what. I have. Me too. We're, we're a lot more alike than, than you probably realize, right? <laughs> I have too. And, uh, and, and you think of that, that makes us actually thieves. We've both stolen. Time doesn't forgive crime. Even if someone stole something and it's discovered years later, boy, it's still a, it's still a, a, a breaking of the law. Um, you ever once uh, looked at someone uh, with, with, an, uh, with an impure thought, won't follow that too far, but looked at something online, looked at something, you've been very honest, something like a girl that you've been like, wow, mm-hmm. a lustful Yes, thought. I have. Yeah, and Jesus says, he says that, 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 uh, that if you look at someone with lustful intent, it's committing adultery in your heart. In other words, I violated that person, even with my thought life, because God sees my thoughts. He knows every hair in my head, they're numbered. He sees my thoughts, he, he knows my words, He's, he sees every action. You ever use God's name in vain? You ever swear using? Yeah, I have. Yeah, me too. So, so see, Mike, the way this shakes down is that's only that's only four of the Ten Commandments. You know, you look through the Beatitudes in, in Matthew five through seven, and Jesus takes those things and really amps them up and says, "Look, it's not just about adultery; it's about the motives of your heart. It's not just about about murder; it's about you being angry with someone because God is so determined." that he's given you a conscience that you should know better, but you violate your conscience, you sin against the God you do know exists, and you go the other way. We've all done that. So that sort of puts us in a place right now whereby we've all sinned. We've fallen short of God's standard of goodness, every one of us. And if God left us in this situation, you would have to agree, as would I have to agree, that we've done those things willfully, knowingly. You've known it's wrong to lie and steal and, and all these things. So it would be right for God to punish you and I. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, see, and this is the thing, Mike, that's, that's so interesting is that it's the justice, it's the goodness of God. We talk to a lot of people. It's the goodness of God. Most people say, wow, God is good, so he's going to forgive me. What I would sort of bounce back and counter that with is this, it's the goodness of God that requires him to make sure justice is satisfied. See, the mafia have no fear of a corrupt judge. They can bribe a corrupt judge. But a good judge, if the judge is just and righteous, they have a great deal of fear because they can't bribe that judge. Here's our problem, the goodness of God. The goodness of God demands justice. He will not let that person leave the courtroom without, here's the word, some payment, without some sacrifice. So this is the good news. Hi, this is Corey with TCC Radio. We'll get you back on the street with Mike and I in a few. But first, here's how you can partner in the gospel with us. Canada needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? 
airing this outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to thecrosscurrent.com give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. So this is the good news. Because, you know, by my math, everyone walking where we are right now, they've lied, they've stolen, they've violated God's law, they're deserving of His justice. And God says liars, thieves, blasphemers, adulterers will not go to, to heaven, but to hell, to a lake of fire. Do you believe in hell? I do. Okay, so, you, okay. so this is the thing. How does God both satisfy His justice? In other words, how does He make sure that justice is served? but extend you grace and mercy and love. How does he do both things? He must come into his own creation and die in the place of the accused. This is the whole reason Jesus came. How could Jesus say such a thing so shocking as uh, no one comes to the Father except through me? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is born into this world, born of a virgin. He lives his perfect life. At 33 years of age, we figure, he went to a Roman crucifixion to bear the wrath, to pay the fine in full in his own life's blood of those who broke the law. I broke the law, Jesus paid my fine in full. God says without blood being shed, there's no forgiveness of sin. But it also says he made him, God the Father made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin so that I might become the righteous of God. So here's Jesus, he steps into this world, fully man, fully God. He walks this world in perfection. He goes to a Roman crucifixion. He dies the death required as payment for sin. He says, it is finished. That means paid in full. It's transliterated, that's what it means. He, he's buried in a tomb. He comes back to life three days later, defeats death, defeats sin, defeats the grave. And now it says, he's calling people everywhere to turn from their sin to repent of their sin. Repent just is basically a word that means I agree with the way God sees me. Um, I, I change my mind about the direction I'm headed and with God's help, I turn away from rebellion and, and, and sin and I, in faith I turn towards Christ and I receive his free gift of everlasting life. So he said that because only God has both the power and authority to satisfy his justice and demonstrate love. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came so that we might have life and have it more abundant, he says. So he says, if you repent, put your faith in me, I'm the object of your faith, you will be saved. That's the good news. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And that's the good news. Now that, that's, that's what's called uh, the gospel. That's also actually why he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now I'd ask you, and you've been such a kind man to talk to, do you believe what Jesus said? I do believe that. You do. So now, now in terms of of, of who do you say that I am and, and um, who is Jesus? And uh, this, this really this question every person will, will, will answer at some point. The Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue confess to the glory of the Father that he is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Um, do you personally, Mike, do you believe that wholeheartedly that you have repented of your sin, you've turned away from sin and self, you've put your faith in Christ, you're walking with Christ, you're following with Christ. In that very passage, it actually says, where Peter confesses Christ as Lord, Jesus says, um, then deny yourself, 
take up your cross and follow me, which basically means refuse to associate with the person you were, you are now a new creature if, if you've been saved, um, to be willing to die for the, for the sake of my name and my gospel and, um, and follow him. And follow him actually means to imitate him in everything we think, say, and do. Mike, do you have, do you have a peace, that peace that, that you are a man who's doing that? Are you, are you a follower of Christ? Are you, are you walking with Christ? Are you, is he precious to you? I try, but sometimes I goof up, and, 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 but I, I try to the best of my ability. I can't claim that I'm perfect like him because I, I, I goof up. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Me, me too. I'm the same. Now, um, Mike, do you, first of all, do you have any questions about what I said? Is, is, this, is, this, is this anything new? Any, anything I said that you, you have questions about or concerns about or, or anything like that? Um, no, no, no. Okay. Now, do you, do you believe, though, because I remember something that was said right at the top, and, and again, we, we like to dialogue and, and share in a conversation about this stuff. Do you, do you still believe that, that, it's, that it's by doing good things, that, that good people go to heaven? Is that still within, because what, what actually says in, in, in the Bible, it says um, that there's no one good, not even one. It says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. Pretty intense. I mean, that, that's basically saying of you and I, at the very heart, we're not good people. I mean, we, we're, um, we're people who have turned our back to God, and I'm not trying to bring you down, just being biblical, right? Do you still believe that you must be a good person to go to heaven? I believe, Not a trick question. No, no, I believe it is because even though that our desires, like our flesh desires, we crave things, I believe if we try to um, not act on those things, I believe we're in good spirits. Now, what it, what it says in Scripture, and tell me how this resonates with you, is it says that you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, not of works or we'd boast, but the proof that I have been saved, the evidence, the fruit of regeneration, of being born again, as Jesus said, you must be born again or you don't see the kingdom, is the fact that I'm, I do good things, that I'm a kind person, that I'm a more patient person. Ah, oh, boy, I'm not perfect either, dude. Call my wife. If she's listening right now, call my wife. But, but, but the, the fruit of me being saved, as it were, is now I've got the fruit of the Spirit, and I start to grow in grace. I start to follow Christ. But it's really important, hopefully I've been clear, that it's not by works that we're saved. It's by grace. But the works are the evidence or the fruit of the fact that Jesus has changed you. One guy asks, asks, has asked me before, how do you know you're a Christian? It's a great question. How do you know you're saved? And I, I think, I think one, one big reason is I'm following Christ, but another one is that you know you have a new relationship with God when you have a new relationship with sin, meaning sin is really bad to me now. What used to be like willy-nilly, now I'm like, wow, this really bugs me. I keep doing this thing. Whatever your thing is, I've got things too, right? Yeah. Um, but Mike, it's my prayer that as we just wrap up, and you've been so kind to talk, it's my prayer that, that, you, would, um, that you would think seriously on these things because again, uh, he, it, the, the book of Galatians is emphatic that if we claim or think that we're saved by anything other than grace, if we're saved by works, then we actually nullify or as it were make void the very grace that supposedly saved us. Because if you think you work 
to be saved, you're actually saying to God, I don't think the, the sacrifice of Christ alone was sufficient. I have to add to that myself in order to pay it in full. But Jesus said, it is finished, paid in full. That's pretty neat. So the fact that you work now and you're kind and you're, you're, you, know, you, you do good things, which are all good, I don't want to mis- you know, misunderstand, but that's evidence of not requirements for. Does that make sense? Yes. You've been you've been really kind to talk. Any other questions as we wrap up? No, and no, not at all. And uh, you know maybe uh, maybe we can pray for you. And sure. would that be okay? Can sure. I do that right now, real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Lord, I thank you for Mike for bringing us together today. I just pray that he would de- he would think on these ideas and really the truth of your word. Your word says that that you grant repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. I pray that you would, by your Spirit, help Mike to know the truth of your word, to know you. Eternal life is knowing the Father and knowing the Son. I pray that Mike would know you and. Uh, and Lord, that he would experience that abundant eternal life that you promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Personal. Uh. Let's get personal. Uh. And make sharing your faith a part of every day. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Get Personal, a 60-second sample of personal witness training with the Cross Current. Christian, have you listed out the lost in your life? God's already placed you within a plentiful harvest of personal contacts, so commit their names to paper and begin praying for God to give you the boldness to share Christ and for God to give them the desire to receive Christ because faithful prayer is step one toward faithful personal witness. And that's just a glimpse of how TCC can equip you and your church to normalize sharing Christ in all your personal relationships. For more uh, personal witness center training, visit thecrosscurrent.com. Hi, this is Kirk Cameron, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. Hi, this is Corey McKenna, founder of the Cross Current and host of TCC Radio. And let me ask you. Who do you say that Jesus is? We heard a lot of very interesting answers to that very question throughout the production of this series. However, in the end, what's truly important is not what others say about God, but what God says about himself. So that's why, at the end of each episode, I'll be opening God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about himself— And because we only have a few minutes, we'll be camping in the shortest and simplest of all the gospel accounts, Mark's gospel. And first, in this part one, let's lay a bit of groundwork by looking at the scene and context of this question of all questions that Jesus asked. After healing the blind man in Bethsaida, Mark chapter 8 verse 27 tells us that Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. This is a two-day journey 25 miles straight north to a place that's mostly pagan and generally hostile to both Jews and scripture. Yet something's up because this is also the farthest north that Jesus and his team would ever travel. So why would Jesus interrupt ministry with a two-day excursion to a faraway place where he had so few fans? 
Well, it seems like Jesus planned a little surprise staff retreat in a really remote location, likely to get away from the hustle and bustle of ministry for the specific purpose of confronting his followers on what's truly important. And isn't that what God does? In his sovereign grace and relentless love, he interrupts our rhythm of life to lead us away, alone, to settle the question once and for all of whether we truly know him. I thank God he's done that in my life, and maybe he's doing that in your life right now. And here, God interrupts his disciples' rhythm of ministry life of all things. Why? To lead them away and alone, to settle the question once and for all of whether they truly know him. And the place of his choosing is Caesarea Philippi. And the Bible says that on the way, he, Jesus, asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. Question one, who do people say that I am? Here, Jesus is simply asking, what's the word on the street, guys? Who do the masses outside my fold, many who are following me for the wrong reasons, who do they say that I am? And so the disciples report three wrong answers to the question. Wrong answer number one, John the Baptist. We know in Matthew chapter 14, King Herod suggests that Jesus is John the Baptist brought back to life. Wrong answer number two, Elijah. Scripture tells us in Malachi chapter 4 that Elijah would be sent before the day of judgment to reconcile people with God. Wrong answer number three, one of the other prophets pretty general, but they probably said this because in Deuteronomy chapter 18, God promised to send a prophet even greater than Moses who Israel would actually obey. Now, those were wrong answers in their time and place, but wrong answers are still around today, aren't they? And you'll hear many throughout this series, guaranteed. But it's clear that Jesus isn't dissuaded or distracted by popular opinion because right away he cuts to the hearts of those he cares most about with his pivotal question. And on a side note, I believe that he looked right into their souls and asked them this, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Evidently, the main concern of Jesus is not who skeptics say that he is, but who his sheep know that he is. Because as I said off the top, ultimately, what's important is not what others say about God, but what God says about himself. And I want to suggest that God did say, and because his word is living, active, and unchanging, God is still saying three main things about himself throughout the rest of this passage. What are they, you ask? Well, you'll have to tune into the rest of the series to find out, because we're out of time. But let me close by thanking you for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can access this podcast online at tccradio.com, where you'll also find supplementary resources for this series, including a video trailer and a sermon I preached on this very subject. Until next time, I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture.
Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st, but to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphear.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot C-A. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.